I wrote down, Mom and Dad, I love you. I'm going to miss you. I drew a frown face with a tear rolling down. And I uh, went to my mom and dad's room, shut and locked the door. <clears throat> and I got my father's gun, put the note face up, and was literally about two seconds away from pulling the trigger. Dave Pittman was a scared, hopeless 10-year-old kid with Tourette syndrome. Because of the Tourette's, he was bullied relentlessly at school. And one day, he just decided he'd had enough. I was more afraid of living through another year of that than I was dying. Chaos was all around And I fell down Beneath my heavy load Dave Pittman is our guest on this episode of GPS, God at People Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. Our co-host Phil Fleischman is out this week. If Dave Pittman's name sounds familiar, it may be from his time on American Idol. These days, Dave is singing songs about the hope of Jesus Christ. He's going to tell us how he found that hope, and then also we'll hear a bit on hope from Billy Graham, too. God is always with his people through thick and through thin. Jesus said, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the earth. You can learn more right now about knowing, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God is with you always, even until the end of the earth. You can learn more at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Another address we would love for you to remember is this email address. It's gps at billygram.org. We'd love it if you took a minute to tell us about your favorite episode or let us know where you're listening from today. Again, the email is gps at billygram.org. GPS. God. People. Stories. I grew up in church and uh, learning about the things of God, and we're just a great family who love the Lord and put Him first, yeah. Dave Pittman grew up in the tiny town of Mountain Home, Arkansas. His dad was a music pastor, so not surprisingly, his family was always singing. My first solo was in church at six years old, and uh, my mom and dad just kind of knew I had a singing voice, and God had given me a different, uh, unique talent at the time, and so they just... (laughs) Every moment, opportunity dad got, he would let me sing. When Dave was seven years old, he started having some twitches, what you would call tics. Dave didn't know what they were. He just knew he couldn't control them. You can imagine being in in a school setting uh, and, you know, a a younger student, student crowd and just receiving a lot of name calling and different things like that because, you know, all these different movements and noises that I was making. His parents didn't understand what was going on, sometimes even told Dave to stop, not realizing that he couldn't, no matter how hard he tried. Yeah, I was diagnosed uh, with Tourette's when I was nine years old. Uh, Tourette's syndrome, first of all, is a, it's a neurological disorder, so it's uh, characterized by one or more vocal and motor tics. It was really hard for me to process through. I, you know, I had a lot of why me questions. I mean, even at nine years old, you know, why would you allow me to have this thing called Tourette's and why, why, why me? Why is not somebody else? So there were a lot of the, a lot of that not understanding, you know, why I was singled out. I felt singled out by God. In addition to Tourette's syndrome, Dave was also diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and attention deficit disorder, what he called a triple threat. But the worst part of it all was the bullying. 
Fourth grade in particular was really tough. There were a few different name callings and different stuff like that, you know, different mocking, you know, some of the ticks that I would do, whether shaking my head or, you know, blinking my eyes, twitching my nose, you know, um, uh, and so they would, the students would mock those different things. About two weeks before the start of fifth grade, Dave reached a breaking point. It happened when he was sitting at the kitchen table with his two siblings, and his mom happened to ask if they were excited about going back to school. She remembers the terror that came over my face, and I remember it as well. You know, it was just, <laughs> I couldn't bear the thought, you know, of, of living through another year of that um, again, you know, just, I was horrified, and I just, I was more afraid of living through another year of that than I was dying. And in that moment, I, I literally became suicidal. Chaos was all around, and I fell down beneath my heavy load. Oh, Jesus, are you listening? God, this isn't fair. I'm grasping at the empty. Dave pleaded with his mom to not make him go back to school, but he had never fully opened up to his parents about how bad the bullying was and how it left him feeling hopeless. So like many parents would, Dave's mom told him school wasn't optional. He was going to have to go back. You know, in that moment, in my 10-year-old brain, I was like, I can't live through this. So they, later that afternoon, (laughs) they left and ran an errand. And I went back, my, my other siblings were at a different part of, the, of our home, and I went back to my bedroom and got a piece of uh, notebook paper and a pencil, and I wrote down, Mom and Dad, I love you. I'm going to miss you. I drew a frown face with a tear rolling down, and I went to my mom and dad's room, shut and locked the door, <clears throat> and I went uh, to my father's uh got my father's gun, put the note face up, and was literally about two seconds away from pulling the trigger. And I heard the front door of our home open up. In God's perfect timing, Dave's mom and dad had come home early that day. Dave stopped in his tracks. He'd come so close to taking his own life. Now he scrambled to hide the gun away before his parents came looking for him. He had turned his note face down just as his mom and dad knocked on the door, which happened to be locked. They're, you know, wondering what's going on at this point. So finally let them in. <clears throat> they proceeded to ask me what, what I was doing. And I was silent. I wasn't about to tell them what I was going to do. Um, so mom and dad were looking around. My mom, you know, continued to search. She saw the piece of paper in the middle of the floor. She turns it over and she sees uh, the horror written on the other side. <clears throat> and uh, at that point, she loses it. And I'll, I'll lose it as well because all of those feelings that I, weren't, I wasn't ever open about came up. And I just, you know, we both had a moment, you know, all of us had a moment at that, you know, in the middle of the, of, of the bedroom floor. Once Dave's parents understood the pain he was in, they began taking him to a counselor and decided to homeschool him for fifth grade. His mom used that year to pour into her son, encouraging him about who he was in Christ Dave was especially drawn to the Bible stories she shared about the Apostle Paul. She used Paul for a lot of examples, uh, 
and what and her trying to teach me these different things and about Paul and and the thorn in his flesh, right? And Paul didn't understand why he had this thing, and he asked God to take it away three times. And God's answer to him was, "My grace is sufficient enough for you." And for whatever reason, he was going to live with this. And for whatever reason, that that stuck with me. Um, <laughs> When my mom said that and completely kind of changed the course <clears throat> of my thinking, I realized that, Lord, I may not understand what this is. And, you know, but I have a choice to be completely miserable for the rest of my life, have no joy, peace, happiness, where I can accept it for what it is and not only accept it, but embrace it, you know. And um, that's what James 1 2 says, you know, just, <laughs> just, uh, you when you experience trials of various kinds, you know, we, we, we count it all joy because we can. So hold me through the hurting, Jesus, walk me through the fire, Savior, when everything is lost and broken, I'll be Things changed for Dave after that. He went back to public school for sixth grade in a different school district. And this time, his parents were intentional about talking to his teachers and classmates about Tourette's syndrome. There was something freeing about letting the cat out of the bag because at that point, everyone knew and no one wondered anymore what's wrong with Dave. Why is he doing this thing? Why is he doing that? And so that in and of itself the admitting what was going on and telling everybody was was in fact the <laughs> the freeing thing that just you know that set just kind of set me free school was still hard for dave but life was manageable he made it through middle school and high school but wasn't sure what to do after graduation and even though dave had accepted jesus christ as his lord when he was a kid he wasn't always living out his faith well I think during that season, you know, parts of me were still in rebellion, <laughs> trying to do things on my own, right? I'd, I'd gotten away from my parents' home, you know, I moved out from underneath their roof, right? And so <laughs> just trying to do things on my own, my own time. Dave was now in his early 20s and hanging out with the wrong crowd. And while a lot of people his age were in college, he was working three jobs and struggling to pay his bills. There were even times where my water got shut off at my apartment and I was literally basically homeless. And I, you know, I, I, I would go to the nearby Holiday Inn hotel lobby with a duffel bag and go to the lobby and act like I was a guest there, go past the front. And I, I would, uh, I would uh, freshen up there in the bathroom. There wasn't any showers, but there was running water. And so I, I, you know, I would freshen up there and walk straight back out, you know, and then there were other times where I literally had salting crackers and peanut butter and that was it. One night as he drove down the road in his old Ford Escort, Dave reached the end of his rope. He started yelling at God. I can't do this anymore. I'm just like, I don't know what you want from me. And I was just angry, just really angry. <clears throat> and I got 
you know, I got off the exit, uh, and I, I, I pulled over, pouring down rain, and I just sat in silence, and I just, I just asked God, you know, that's when I had the, the moment of God, of surrender. I just, whatever you want from me, I, I'm all yours, and I'll, I'll follow you. If you want me to go to and live in a tent in Uganda somewhere, I'm all yours, you know, whatever. Your love collides in it. Breaks through the night and it tears down the lies And all my walls just fall to pieces Fall to pieces As it turns out, Dave's calling wasn't in Uganda, but Virginia. Less than two weeks after that moment of surrender in the car, Dave got a phone call from his dad. He called to connect Dave with a music director from Liberty University. The Christian College was looking for a lead singer for a new male trio. Out of 1,000 auditions, the director chose Dave. It just, it's crazy because I, I had never I had never had any plans to go back to school, to go back to college. And I God knew exactly what to do to get me there, <laughs> which was music. And so I got a full tuition scholarship to go there. Um, yeah, which was crazy. We, we traveled and, and toured for the school and, and, and recruited, of course, and just a minister. Uh, so it was, it was amazing. College was a time of personal and spiritual growth for Dave. After graduation, he knew he wanted to keep singing, but wasn't sure how to go about it. He moved back home to Arkansas to figure things out. My dad around that time asked me, hey, have you ever thought about trying out for American Idol? And of course, you know, I'd watch, watch the show throughout the seasons. And, you know, I would have loved to, but, I, you know, up until that time, I was either working or was going to school. I didn't have the opportunities. But now there was nothing holding Dave back. He drove seven hours to Dallas, Texas to audition for American Idol at Arlington Stadium. It was in 2009. I didn't have any family with me at that, or any friends. I'd literally just gone by myself because, you know, everyone was working or they had, they were busy. And I, so I just, I literally went by myself and I just, it was just, it was like, okay, it's me and you, Lord. And whatever you, whatever happens, you get the glory. Of the 22,000 people who auditioned in Dallas that day, only 24 were chosen to fly to Hollywood to compete on the show. And Dave was one of them. I'm just like, what in the world just happened? <laughs> you know, um, and I, and it just, God just took, and even, even when I went to, to Hollywood, I remember just, you know, praying and asking God to just use me while I'm there. Um, I know some people here probably don't know you and just use me and somehow my story or, you know, whatever. And God just, for whatever reason, got me to the top 70 and he's been using it ever since. While Dave was on the show, one of the guest judges who heard him sing was the actor Neil Patrick Harris. If you're an American Idol fan, you might remember Dave sharing his story about Tourette's and Neil Patrick Harris calling him Crazy Brave. That gave Dave the title to his first album. After he was eliminated from the show, he spent the next three years touring the country, singing and speaking to students about overcoming obstacles. Dave says it was an amazing experience, but something was missing. 
what bothered me was that I was only able to tell half the truth, right? I mean, I, yes, I, over, I overcame obstacles and I believed in myself, yes, and all this, all these things. My confidence was high, yes, but my, I wasn't able, you know, because it's public schools, I wasn't able to share my faith in detail like I wanted. You know, I, I wasn't able to tell them the real reason my identity was in Christ. And that's how I got through those years. And so I, you know, kind of in some ways got discouraged a little bit with say, you know, that's kind of not what I wanted to do with my, with my story. If I want to tell my story, I want to tell them the truth. After touring the country for a few years, Dave took some time to slow down and really dive into the truth of God's word. He also got married to his wife, Chelsea, in 2014. He spent the last few years learning how to be a husband and learning more about God. Dave also just released a new album called Different Kind of Love. It's all about Dave's journey of finding hope through God's love. The main theme of my life has been hope, and I wanted that to be evident in this album. Uh, You know, it's a journey. The album, the whole, the whole album's a journey of the different seasons I've walked through in my life, and God just broke my heart for the church, for His people. <clears throat> I wanted to encourage. I wanted to, you know, one of my gifts is exhortation, <laughs> spiritual gifts, and I wanted to, you know, and tell about, you know, the. The, the good news to the to the people who didn't know him. So hold me through the hurting, Jesus. Walk me through the fire, Savior. When everything is lost and broken, I'll be. From the time he was a kid, Dave Pittman has experienced God's amazing love. It changed him from a hopeless 10-year-old boy to a hopeful man of God. And that hope is the hope you can have as well. God loves you, and he can use your trials for something good beyond anything you can imagine. If you don't know God's Son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and your Savior, we hope you'll visit this website findpeacewithgod.net. There you can get to know him. That's findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, Dave will share some of God's promises that give him hope when life gets hard. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. The question we're concerned with today is, why do Christians suffer? Billy Graham. The Bible teaches that afflictions are God's appointments for his children. Many Christians are called to suffer. God does not promise the Christians an easy pathway to heaven, nor does God promise flowery beds of ease. Sometimes we will have thorns, trials, tears, temptations, tribulations, and troubles. But this is part of our calling. This world is not a place of bliss for the Christians, for Jesus reminded us that while in this world we would have tribulation, You suffering and afflicted Christians, take courage today. God is always with his people through thick and through thin. Jesus said, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the earth. Today, whatever your trouble, tragedy, or distress, I beg of you to trust God. It can be done. 
by receiving Christ as your Savior and Lord now. And a place to go to learn more about receiving Christ as your Savior is findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Our guest on this episode of GPS has been singer Dave Pittman. God has used Dave's lifelong struggle with Tourette's syndrome to bring hope to others. The source of that hope comes from Dave's relationship with Jesus and the truth found in the Bible. A few of my life verses are Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your own understanding, but all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Um, James 1, 2, you know, consider it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. For the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or patience, right? Um, in Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for good for those who love him according and are called according to his purposes. And those are my life, my life verses, because it, from childhood, they've, it's just proven God's word has proven true over and over again with how God's used everything. Um, the pain that we go through in this life is nothing compared to the hope that we have in Christ. We look forward to hearing much more from Dave Pittman as he continues making music, and we are very grateful for the time he took to be with us on this episode of GPS. We want to say thank you to Christy Etheridge, she wrote this episode, and also to Albert Swanson for producing it. And thank you for listening. I'm Jim Kirkland. Remember, you can get in touch with us anytime you please through email. Our address is gps at billygram.org. That's gps at billygram.org. GPS stands for God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Yeah.